0: Welcome to the Three and Out podcast, where today we are diving outside of sports for the very first time as part of our organized confusion collection, where we touch on life topics covering all different aspects of young adulthood. This is something that we've talked about doing for a while now, and what better time to address these critical issues than in the midst of a pandemic that has ruptured many lives, both physically and mentally? Many have lost their jobs for almost a full year now, including myself. It has led to tons of free time and lots of time to think where are you in your journey? Why didn't I follow my dreams? Ten years ago, I had a plan, and here I am now. Plan forgotten, abandoned, with regret and confusion circling my mind. To get a better idea why, while mostly people in their early 20s abandon their dreams or guide themselves in a separate direction, we have licensed clinician in counseling, a Henry, Connecticut native, Seton Hall alum, and Ed's sister, Karina Aponte. Thanks. How are you doing today, Karina?
1: I'm pretty good. So I feel like you said it all. So yeah, from Hamden, Eddie's sister. Um, did my undergrad and masters at Seton Hall, and then moved to Baltimore. So this is where I live and work now. So,
2: awesome, Karina. Thank you so much for coming on. You, you have a very difficult job, and uh, you're you're commended for for taking up this this role. Um, how how long have you been licensed?
1: Um, I've been licensed since probably 2016. Um, yeah.
2: Do do you, five years later almost, do you enjoy this line of work?
1: I do. I, I really like it. I recently moved into private practice, which has made me love it even more. Why is that? Um, I was working in an outpatient clinic. That atmosphere is just a little bit different. You get a lot of I, I don't know a nice way to say it, but lots of substance abuse, a lot of addicts, a lot of mandated um counseling people coming in. So they're not really seeking it in private practice. You're getting people who really want help and want treatment. And so it just flows a lot different.
2: Awesome. So the three of us uh started talking about the idea of, you know, why don't people do what they want to do? And as Matt alluded to in his intro, you know, why don't people follow their dreams? why are people scared to start a business? Why are people scared to post pictures? Why? And and so we kind of dove into that conversation amongst the three of us. Um, So I I want to kind of pose that question to you. As somebody who's licensed, as somebody who's who's dealt with these kind of people and these type of psychological issues, why do you think people don't do what they really want to do?
1: So I think this is one of the questions that was kind of vague just because it could be divided in a lot of different ways so the first thing i think of is fear right which is pretty common but then it's more of like that that fear that people have is different for everyone right is it like past trauma is it anxiety is it just how you grew up defining success like that varies for everyone
2: so so you you could say it's the fear of failure the fear of the unknown. Right, the fear of what people might think of you.
1: Right, right. I mean, the definition of anxiety is the fear of the unknown.
2: And and is there any research? I mean, I guess there is, since you touched on it already, that shows how things that happen to you as a child or as a young adult might affect your mental state and your anxiety later on in life.
1: Yeah, there's there's so many studies. I would say, like as cliche as it sounds, everything stems from childhood things stem even from the time that we're newborns and we don't even remember much. So when I think, when you ask the question like fear of failure, and I think one of the questions was, um, can that fear be something that you grew up with, right? Or that you learned? And I, I think so, right? There's there's some studies that find your brain is develop, developing since the time you're newborn, right? And so every interaction you have is changing your brain chemistry, right? So. For example, like let's say, let's say we have a kid and when he gets an F on a paper, his parents are like screaming at him, they're punishing him, all hell kind of breaks loose. That kid is now learning in his mind, like, if I do badly, I get in trouble, right? As he gets older, his parents aren't yelling at him anymore, right? So let's say he loses his job as an adult. No one's gonna yell at him, but he's gonna internalize that and then start beating himself up, right? And that's where we have that self-talk of like. You know, I'm, I'm, I suck. I'm an idiot. I'm a failure, right? And all that negative st- self talk stemmed from childhood.
2: All right, yeah. so I want to I want to stay on this subject then for just a second. Mm-hmm. So that that fear of failure, um, and I and I think about this a lot now because I have a 19 month old. So there are times when when he does something that I don't want him to do, and I catch myself um, starting to raise my voice and it's very difficult not to do right because your patience is just so thin but i i often think about this type of scenario where how is my how is my yelling going to affect him later on in life i have to figure out ways different ways to channel that um so when you get older you have these things happen to you you know you have anxiety how do you or how have you seen or what do you recommend how do you break away from that
1: break away from the anxiety
2: from the fear of failure from the fear of what other people think of you because like i was talking to ed and ed said we were all talking and ed said that one day he was just like fuck it i don't even i don't care it doesn't matter to me he finally realized that it didn't really matter you know what other people thought so how do you get to that point
1: right so i would say honestly just processing it right and thinking about where did this fear come from. And did I create this fear or was this something I learned, right? Is this something I picked up along the way? Did someone put this in me? Like, where did it come from? Kind of having that self-compassion for yourself, you're going to start limiting that comparing to others and you're going to start becoming more present and mindful. I think when you're present in your own life, that's when you start letting go of all of these like what are other people thinking about me? What am I doing? Because we're always moving, right? Especially with like social media, which is a lot of the stuff you guys ask. We're always constantly comparing. So being able to take a step back. And honestly, it's a lot of just think, not thinking, but challenging your thoughts, right? Like go through that. When you have these thoughts of like, I'm a failure, what happened to the stream? Sit there and talk, talk it out. Talk it out to yourself, to someone else, write it out. Just start to figure out where did this come from and you'll gain a lot of insight that way.
2: So speaking of social media, you brought it up and you kind of touched on it. How much of an impact do you think, or do studies show social media have an impact on the way people perceive themselves?
1: There's a pretty big impact. So social media is like created in a way where it will become addicting. Right. And there's actually studies that show the same part of our brain that lights up when we drink or smoke, engage in any substances, that same piece that lights up, same piece that lights up when we get a like, a comment, a retweet, whatever it may be. So it can become really addicting over time. Um, and then kind of what a lot of your questions were about, which is like comparing, right? And that's so easy on social media because everyone's posting, it's also instant validation, right? It feels really good when someone's liking our photos, when people are looking at our profiles. Even if we say like we don't care, we're wired to care, humans, right? Social and emotional needs, that's part of our basic buildup. We we can't really help that.
0: I feel like like social media, no like you might think that people are like looking at your stuff every day and like are so entwined with your life, but really like they don't really care. And that's like, I think is a big fear to get, you have to get over personally because like you might think like you guys or some people from 10 years ago are watching you and like, oh, this guy's not doing shit with his life or something like that, but really they don't really care. So it's like that mental obstacle that you have personally is what needs to be addressed. And I know whenever I have like that kind of problem, I like to, I don't know, I like to resort to like smoking weed because, you know, it kind of masks your thoughts and like just uh, it makes you forget about stuff for a lot. And my question is, basically, is there any correlation with like weed being legal in certain states to helping people and then other places not? Like Connecticut, I know it's not legal, but out here in Nevada it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So is there any correlation with that?
1: So I'll say like in my profession like in my profession we're having a really hard time trying to get people to kind of break away from that because it's exactly what you said right like i have these thoughts they're really shitty i don't want to deal with them so i'm going to mask it really quick right yeah that's cool for temporary relief but at some point you got to you you have to process where those thoughts are coming from you really got to like tap in because what happens is i have a lot of clients who are like yeah i just smoke and it's fine i'm like okay yeah but
0: that's uh that's what I do. I'll just like if I have a problem, I'll just smoke a little bit or eat an edible and I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. All right, I'll deal with that tomorrow morning. But then the next day comes and same, same thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's just kind of a mask. And we can even talk about it in the sense of people who use marijuana for anxiety, right? Okay, let's say you're you you're medic you get a medical card for anxiety, whatever. At the same time, like you still need therapy, right? Even clients who are on antipsychotics, they still need therapy. The best line of treatment is always therapy and medication.
0: Gotcha. What do you think about like the pandemic where everybody's been forced to kind of be at home and sit here and many people lost their jobs and stuff. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how do you deal with that when you don't really have much else to do? You can't really go and see your friends. I mean, if you can, it's small group and you're kind of just stuck at home. How can you cope with, like... Especially in your
3: situation where your entire job revolves around interacting with people for
0: hours at a time. Yeah, like, like when I'm at work, day. I'm talking to people all day. When I get home, I don't want to talk yeah. to anybody. I just not want to... Like you're at a, yeah, not like you're at a desk job where you're sitting and on a computer now, you, talk, you talk to two people a day. Exactly. Now, I, don't talk. I can go days without talking to anybody if <laughs> I want to, or even seeing anybody. And probably not the best thing,
2: but yeah, that can, I mean, that can't be healthy. Karina, touch on that a little bit. It's absolutely not healthy at all. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, it's definitely not. So as it sounds cliche to say, like, stay connected, because I feel like that's what everyone's been saying since the pandemic started, but it, we need to socialize, right? Like, again, humans are meant to socialize. We're meant to interact with others. We're not meant to be alone. Um, and so since the pandemic started, Cases of like depression have skyrocketed, especially with kids, um and that's because kids aren't don't get to socialize in school. Right? They have a lot of socializing all day long. They're at, they're at school talking, right? Now they're home, not talking to any classmates. Same thing for goes for adults, though, right? So, like, same way, kids need that. You also need that. So, staying connected, whether that's like video chats or phone calls versus texting does actually make a difference. Sometimes just hearing someone's voice can bring some comfort. Um, I would say another good way just to battle like any loneliness or depression is get some type of movement in your day. Get some type of fresh air. I know there's been times where it's like, I haven't left the house in like four days and I started going crazy. Right. So even if that's just like stepping outside your front door, like do that. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to like go and party with a bunch of people to feel like normal again.
2: Isn't that doesn't that kind of put people in uh like it comes around full circle, right? It's like a double-edged sword. Right. You're in a pandemic, you have to stay connected. The easiest way to stay connected is obviously through social media. Right. So you kind of trying to eliminate the problem of interaction or non-interaction and staying connected, you create this other problem where you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. I think also for younger kids, you're going to create and you're going to see a lot more bullying now because everything's online. It's so much easier to be a bully to other kids online. What do you think about that?
1: I agree. I think one of the things I try to educate a lot of my clients on and parents is um, called a digital detox. And so that's going through all your social media feeds, right? If there's people where you're like, I compare myself a lot to you, Mute them, unfollow them, delete them. Like, start following accounts that are that you make you feel good, right? And you can do that. You have control of your social media, and that that's a really good way for you to stay connected in a healthy way and not necessarily feel like you're comparing, right?
0: Tell me a little about like our generation. We grew up kind of half playing outside with our boys, and then by like eleven, twelve, you're like inside playing video games. And social media starts coming, like when we're in high school and all that. So we kind of know like half of the life prior to social media and what social media is. And what's the difference between like us and kids who just immediately get into it? Like my niece, she's nine, but she's all over Facebook doing all this stuff. And I don't know, like, how is it? How are their minds different than ours are? Because they're going through such a different experience than us.
1: I mean, for them, it's their norm though, right? Like, it's like you said, we didn't necessarily have this growing up. And so, yeah, I mean, there, there's so many studies coming out recently. That's all about like the right amount of screen time that kids should have every day. And like, how much screen time should you give your kids? Because again, a kid's brain is constantly developing. Right. And so I think the scary side of that is when I went back talking about that part of your brain that lights up with that, uh, you know those notifications that you get from social media that's really going to start impacting kids and i think the biggest thing that i've seen is kids get a lot of validation off of social media
2: i mean that is that is one of the things i'm so scared of i'm already trying to limit especially right now actually trying to limit screen time for for joey it's but it's nearly impossible he sees us on our phones he's got the tvs he's got uh facetime all the time because of a pandemic so that every day there's somebody on the facetime so he's got a screen in his face constantly and it really it really bothers me
1: yeah i think with the pandemic it's been really hard um especially with the younger kids because you're right like their world now is like a phone in their face right like this is how they're meeting their first family members. I think like the studies I saw said like three hours of screen time for ages. Like, I think it's like maybe five to 12 and then that starts to change, but it is, it is definitely hard. I think one of the things I often notice is like, this is the only way kids are socializing right now outside of, again, no school. So I've had a lot of parents like ground their kids and take their phones away and the kid is coming in like almost suicidal and not because he's like, I want my phone back, but because he's, this kid's depressed. He's been depressed. He's lonely. And I took away the one source of communication. And so it has been, it has been hard to talk with parents and be like, how can we find a compromise? where are like, he's not feeling this lonely, but at the same time you can have your form of punishment.
0: Do you think... Um, with social media being so prominent nowadays, and I think personally the school system should be kind of redone to kind of teach you about uh, just prepare you mentally for what. Yeah, mental what health it does courses. Do. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do you think that should be added into like a curriculum, or there should be any drastic changes like that? That should happen like as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. Especially again with the pandemic happening, I do know. In the past, maybe since I started getting into this field that school counseling has really shifted, Um, whereas like now they'll have school counselors go into classes and teach about mental health, Um, almost in the same way where you go to a health class once a week. So I think some schools are trying. It's probably still not seen as important. Um, But I, I, I do think in the next like 10 years, there'll be a shift from that just because I think this pandemic has really increased a lot of mental services in that way. I think it's brought a light to people where they're like, yeah, this kind of sucks. This is really hard. People who've never experienced any type of depression or anxiety before now
2: are. So that leads into my next question. When do you think it's appropriate to start prescribing medications? Do you think we've become too reliant on medications?
1: I do. I think medications are prescribed before therapy is even recommended. Um, Yeah. I mean, it, it varies, right? I mean, I know a good amount of primary care doctors now who are like not prescribing any mental health medications, right? They're like, go to a psychiatrist, go see a therapist first, which is good. That wasn't happening before. So I think they're, they're trying, um, And it also depends on like what what it is, right? If it's anxiety and depression, you shouldn't be on an antidepressant or anti-anxiety your whole life. Those are things that help you get through a tough time and they work best with therapy, right? It's not something like an antipsychotic, which would be for like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, right? Like those are really severe chemical imbalances where your brain may never be able to align itself in that way. So you do need the medication. But what happens is people get the medication, they don't want to go to therapy. And so in six months to a year, hey, my medication's not working anymore. I need to increase. And a lot of doctors are like, okay, (laughs) that makes sense. But really a lot of these symptoms go again, going back, what's that core problem? That's what you figure out in therapy. And that's where you start
0: moving forward. Yeah. I kind of want to get back into the not following your career thing. I know we kind of just went deep-dived into like a depression playing a big part into that, but yeah, you know when you're getting out of college, you don't have much money, and you might have like a specific specific goal mm-hmm. that you're trying to get, like somewhere in your some trying to be an announcer for sports or something. But mm-hmm. you come out of college, you have a job that's paying you well, and you kind of just abandon that dream of going for it because you're afraid to give up the financial status that you currently have. So my question is, is it like a money decision to be hesitant more or because you're comfortable and complacent and you just, therefore you just stop following what you're going for? Is that something?
1: I think like one of the questions that comes to my mind is, are you happy being comfortable and complacent? Right. Cause some people are, some people are like, I went to college. I got a good job. Have my family. That's it. Like I'm good. Other people are like, I hate this. I need. I need more, right? And so if you're not content with that,
3: go ahead. I was gonna say, I think some of that is it's been drilled into uh, our generation's heads that you go to college and you need a job right away. You start a family, buy a house, blah, 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 immediately. Like this is all supposed to happen before thirty. Right. Damn, and I missed that's out. Huge, huge, huge part of it.
1: Yeah. Which is that also leads into fear of failure. Right. And that's a society which goes back to like, where did this come from? Society also plays a role in it. That's how we grew up. That's what was enforced in us. And so all of these things reinforce that fear. Um, and going back to the money decision, it is hard because there reaches a point where we have to be logical. Right. But knowing how much of your fear plays into that, because you, you could still make good money and say, like, I'm going to save up money and then move into this new career, right? Or you plan for it. But if you're not planning, that may be because there's some fear there.
3: That's a lot of what, uh, I know some people find him cheesy, but it's a lot of what Gary V says, like about kids who come out of school and think, oh, I have to make six figures. He was like, if you're happy making 40 grand, stay at that job. Don't go make, Don't quit at a job that's paying six figures if you're going to be miserable. You got to balance that
2: out. Yeah. Do you find that when you're working with people kind of to touch on this decision as to why like they did something or didn't do something? Was it money? Was it a family decision, et cetera? (laughs) Do you ever find that as you're, let's use the, the term peeling back the onions on somebody that you guys together come up with things that maybe they never realized? No, yeah. Is that that's common?
1: Yeah, it's really common. Um, I also work from like a, a trauma approach. And a lot of people are like, I've never experienced trauma. I didn't like get beat or sexually assaulted. Like I'm fine. Trauma is so many different things. Um, and so that happens a lot where we'll peel back and I'm like, that it been really hard. Where did this come from? Or what, how has this impacted you? And people make those connections themselves with very little like guidance from me. I just kind of help peel things back.
2: Interesting. And, uh, what advice, what advice do you have for people who have kind of fallen into this, this, uh, situation?
1: I would say, I would say it really starts with thinking about what you want, right? Like Go back to what your dream was, create a timeline. Where did it shift from this and why? And how much of that was fear-driven? If it is fear, I would say that probably stems from anxiety. And so talking to someone would probably be really helpful just to better peel back those layers and get some understanding.
2: Can you guys imagine how many... You know, musicians and singers and actors and artists that we have missed out on probably because of this. It's pretty amazing. It makes it makes you appreciate the ones who do. You know, put out albums and records and et cetera, Because you see, even celebrities going through this, right? Celebrities get bullied on Twitter, and they, you know, they stay off, they get away from it, just because people are just fucking haters. Yeah,
0: we. I see people every day, like uh trying to still be like a rapper
2: or something and like kudos to them like i don't have the uh... i mean i think we go through this too the three of us right like we've been doing this podcast on and off now for four years maybe pretty much and we always we always say oh let's do this let's do this we're really gonna do it this time we're really gonna do it and then something happens where we just stop and maybe it's because we get bored but maybe we get bored because I think it's because we're not getting like a
0: hundred likes or something like that. And we're kind of like, well, maybe no one's really listening to this. So why but are we, we doing do it? that's
2: the weirdest part is because we have the data that shows that it, it is listened to, right? It's just I think it's us. I think it's us mentally where we've gotten to the point where like, uh, why are we doing this? What's why you, you know think, you you think no one's listening, then you'll have 10 people text you and be like, oh, what happened? Yeah, what happened? right. Where yeah,
3: did it go? Exactly. You didn't like it. You didn't like hit Like you didn't
0: Yeah. The There's no comments anywhere. the instant gratification again. Like you sad. said, yeah. That,
1: that feels really good. You guys aren't getting that. And so I think it might be disencouraging you guys and just saying like,
2: so that's subconscious too, right? It's like, we're just conditioned. We're conditioned to think like that. Like if we didn't get all these likes and all these comments that it must not be, I mean, why are we doing it at that point?
0: I I did that with the fantasy football podcast I was doing for our, our early one week. I saw my likes or saw my uh, listens going down and down each week. So I just was like, all right, fuck it. I'm not going to do it anymore.
2: But that's and where then the we, next day,
0: everybody's like, where's the
2: podcast? So I'm like, oh, shit. That's where we need to be better is we just need to keep grinding through it. If this is what we really want to do. Like, I don't give a shit if nobody listens to us interview Karina because I enjoyed that this i'm enjoying this i i like to learn about this type of shit especially now with a little boy and a family and everything like that so for me i'm learning to kind of do things take the same advice and do things that i want to do and this is something that i really wanted to do i was pushing ed hard for this at the beginning like yeah this is a great is a great idea let's do it let's do it let's do it let's do it just because it's something that i really wanted to do yeah i'm going through it so i just want to just hear like well, I think- you know, to, get, let's let's have a little session here with matt right now you know break break the peel the onions back on his ass uh, the onions <laughs> have been peeled they don't still not very good
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I, got, I got the brown onions <laughs> <laughs> True. now what advice though do you have for somebody like who who's in that situation right lost their job uh, no clue when it's coming back and he's just naturally a person who was like, yeah he's naturally a go people person right yeah so should he be outside should he still be uh you know doing things that he wants to do should he take up a new hobby go play tennis
1: yeah honestly honestly i'm not even gonna lie i've had i've sat a lot of adults down and said like write me down everything you used to like to do as a kid like what are things that you lost right like i used to love playing soccer i gave that up and i've like back and forth gone into that in adulthood because that's something that took me back in like a Little and you know, something that made me happy. I'm sure Eddie gets the same. Sorry, Ed gets the same thing with when he plays softball.
2: Right? Absolutely, he does. He loves lives for that <laughs> shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Shout out to Brand. Free promo. <laughs> See, I, when uh, when everything started going down back in March, and I lost my job, I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool. You know, I got all this time off now. I'll be back to work in like five months, and all this shit's over. Uh, I'll just hang out right now and hang out and just you know do whatever." and then like you know we're here fucking february 28th almost a full year later and nothing's really changed and honestly i had to like kind of my favorite part of my day this is going to sound sad is but is when like i get to go on and play call of duty with my boys yeah like there's three people every day that are always there we always get on same time and you know you get it's like nice interaction. So that's my way to talk to people. And like, I enjoy that because prior to that, I was probably just hitting the bong and watching like uh, reruns of like basketball games or some shit. And my fucking cat's right there looking at me like, why are you fucking still here, dude?
1: <laughs> well, that so, that. so yeah, so that's... Too, it's like, you, you have to keep a routine. Like if you don't have a routine and you just sit there, it's like your whole day is going to go by. And eventually that just turns all into one day.
2: Right and so, I think I think it's got to be uh like an enjoyable routine. You know what I mean? For people who for people who are in the same situation, find the things that you like to do, do the same thing every day. Exactly. Right, like
1: incorporate you have more now so you can incorporate things that maybe you don't do as much, right? Like make yourself breakfast every morning. Probably don't have time to do that typically. Do something nice. And also like when it goes back to doing things you enjoy. Do them because you're getting validation from yourself, not because you want validation from others. So, like, with the podcast, if the podcast brings you guys happiness and joy and you feel good about it, let that drive you, not the likes.
0: It's just our face yeah, each other.
2: That's a great <laughs> point, Karina. I'm going to take that serious i am i'm gonna take that to heart so next time ed and matt are like yeah eh, no i can't today i can't today i can't tomorrow i'm just gonna do it myself
0: whenever i say i can't i'm lying because i have all the time in the world
2: guy tells me he's at the store this morning he accidentally facetimes me and he's on his bed i was at the store i got home oh okay okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm only at the uh, for like three minutes karina anything else you would like to add before we let you go
1: um I don't
3: know, I think so. Do you have any questions for me, Ed? I feel like you are very quiet.
2: Yeah, how the fuck are we related?
1: That's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> a great question. True. I've like processed it all out.
2: Thank you so much, Green. I don't have any other questions. Um, what is your Instagram handle, just in case anybody wants to get a hold of you? Our Instagram is just another therapist. Is that what it was? Is that what you just said?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if yep. there's an underscore or something in there, but I don't think
2: there is. <laughs> okay. Just another therapist on Instagram, reach out to her. She was kind enough to come on today. Give us a couple of minutes. Very insightful, very educational, especially for me with a young child. Uh, Matt's going through his thing as your brother. So of course he, uh, he always wants to hear what you have to say. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming on very much. Uh, three sessions for me. Yeah. It's
1: true. Was I your first guest?
2: Yeah, you're our first, you are guest. our first guest. And honestly, even if you weren't, you're the first like real guest that actually had something important to say and knowledgeable everyone else that we would even have thought of having coming. out was just a, not, not you. <laughs> All right. Thank you.
1: Well, thanks guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thank,
2: thank you, you so much. All right. How do you guys think that went? I think that went splendid. Did you learn a lot?
0: I kind of want to, I'm going to send her a DM and ask her to talk to me for a sec
2: nice give me your phone number i'm sure that'll make ed happy <laughs> don't worry Ed. i thought it was i thought it was good i i think we touched on a lot of the social media stuff which i think is the biggest the biggest driving force but to me it's just so hard to kind of have try to teach people to get away from that right now when it's really the only way to kind of stay connected you know what i mean
0: yeah I i deleted my facebook i did too and it was the most ago. it was and the it most was like, refreshing thing you could have ever done my addiction is twitter i can't get off to it and twitter is a
2: toxic place yeah but twitter you're not really comparing yourself that's what that's where i think it's different right facebook and instagram you see you're seeing yeah, it's all visual instagram, definitely twitter, twitter definitely. is more just definitely what you what you make of it which one twitter yeah twitter. but if i don't find want... myself comparing you to, to no no twitter, but i'm saying you know? if, if
3: you want if you if you're one of these people who's into politics and you want to sit there and follow fucking Ted Cruz. You're going to drive yourself fucking crazy.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. That's, that's actually absolutely true. Uh, all right. Well, I thought it went well. I thought we learned a lot. I hope viewers uh, appreciate that and appreciate the insight and hopefully they reach out to her. And Yeah. If uh, anyone who's watching this wants
0: to us to touch on any other subject that maybe they're feeling, uh, let us know. Maybe we can get that done for you. Absolutely. All right. Well,
3: Thank you all for watching. First, uh, first guest of many coming up, hopefully.
2: Yeah, yeah first of many coming up. We're going to try to do a little bit of a, a little series where we try to get some professionals, different types of professionals who may have been impacted by the virus uh, and the pandemic. You know, we got lined up a a soccer coach um, for college, a college D3 soccer coach. We got a chef. Uh, so different things coming. I got some um, friends out in LA I'm going to reach out to see if they want to get on here. Yeah, so we ju- we're just trying to do something a little bit different provide a little different context and uh, hopefully provide some educational value on different professions and hope help anybody in any way that we can. Yeah, make sure you uh, follow us on our social media platforms. Are we on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter. we got a new website coming soon. It's going to have some exclusive Maddie B blog posts uh, that you won't find anywhere else. I promise they're all yeah, his some betting stuff too nba king right here all right any <laughs> other anything else we want to touch on go like us subscribe on all the podcasts, uh spotify's apple Podcasts. subscribe all right we out of here until next time life is a series of hellos and goodbyes this time it's goodbye farewell <laughs> that's that's all michael k ends his shows it's a <laughs> billy, billy joel song all right we out
3: of here peace yeah.